Hello and welcome to Teach One. I'm your host, LaTanya Green. I'm here to share some of the lessons that life has taught me. I hope that it inspires you and encourages you. I hope that it truly blesses your life and I hope that it helps you along your path. Let's get started. Welcome back to Teach One. I'm your host, LaTanya Green, and um, I am going to jump right in here. So today I wanted to talk about when there's a calling on your life. And for me, a calling is different from a purpose. Um, You can have a purpose on this earth that you choose to follow through with, that you, you choose to devote your time, your energy, have a passion for. But a calling, I feel like a calling on your life is that pull, that thing that even if you are not doing it, won't let up on you. It keeps nudging at you. Every time something about it comes up, it's pulling at you. It's, it's, it's that thing that you have under your skin that you are upset that the world does not already have it. And a lot of times we're upset by things that the world doesn't have that we can see it needs because we are uniquely qualified to fulfill that. And that's the thing I feel about a calling. It's, it's something that, that pulls on you that you are uniquely qualified to do it. And it may not even be a thing that you are seeking to do because you're passionate about it, but it just might be something that, that you are just the only person that can do it the way that it needs to be done. And a calling on your life doesn't have to just be in the in the realm of a spiritual calling in the sense that it has to be fulfilled within the realm of the church or ministry. A calling on your life can be from any aspect in the world. And it's what makes you feel like, or it can be what makes you feel like life is meaningful. And this is something that why isn't anybody doing this already? Or why, you know, you can see somebody else doing the exact same thing that this call has on your life, but they are not you. They're not you. And how you can give it to the world is a way that can be received in such a way that has never been done before. I'm going to use some examples in this scenario here for the first person that pops to mind to me is, um, Keith Lee, the food critic. And now he is a regular everyday guy, regular everyday type of guy. I believe he, you know, used to box and he just started going to these places and recording these videos talking about what he thought of the food. You know, to my knowledge, he doesn't have any like culinary training or anything like that. But plenty of people were doing this type of thing already. And the fact that plenty of people were doing it, he did not let detour him from doing it himself. Not that he thought he had some kind of special powers when he started this. That wasn't the case. He started doing it just because, hey, here's my opinion of this food and try it if you, if you know, would you try it? And I think he even says that. And 
think like he, he puts that at the bottom of his videos in the captions or something. Would you try it? He's not telling you go eat this food. He's saying, would you try it? The pure honesty of how he has delivered this has made people say, hey, this is a regular guy. I'm just like me. I'm a regular person. If this guy, you know, keeps rating these foods, these different ratings, and it turns out to be, yeah, this is what it is for real. Then you start to believe and trust in what he's saying even more. He's uniquely qualified because he's like any other person out here in the world. And the impact that he's having on smaller businesses that just have great food, great customer service, and just aren't getting the notoriety is phenomenal. Another person, Tabitha Brown. This woman was in the acting world long before she started doing the videos from her house. She was in the acting world. She was trying to comply with what the world, with what the industry was telling her to do. And that didn't bring her the success that she thought it would. It was not until she submitted to being authentically herself and just being flat out real, not trying to come at it with the, the image of, well, this is what everybody else is doing, so I should do that. She came flat out clear on an authentic and that's what people responded to that authenticity of who she was because she already was uniquely qualified to do what was on her calling. She was uniquely qualified to do it. We are individual beings out in this world and sometimes we get caught up in what other people are doing and how it's bringing them success, so to speak. And I say so to speak because when you're watching people on social media, when you're watching people on, you know, television especially, but when you're watching people on social media, it is not always authentic. Some of it may be, but it is not always authentic. And we have to be careful when we are looking at other people doing things or the podcast, I'm doing this, here's this podcast right now, okay? I could have easily said, well, there's a million podcasts out there right now. There's a million podcasts. I mean, why would I do one? What's, what's that going to make a difference of? I have no idea. I have no idea. This was something that was calling at me. This was a calling on my life. This was something that kept coming back up. It wasn't something I was seeking out. It was something that I felt like needed to be done. And all I could do is contribute me to this. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know. And it's never been my goal to be, to be out in the limelight. I actually am a very private person. And that has never been something that I would seek out. Even when I was younger, in my teens, in my early 20s, it was not something I was seeking out. My, my sister is um, a recording artist, and she's seven years younger than I am, but um, someone who knows our family very well, uh, he knew that I sang as well, and he was like, oh, 
you know, why don't you ever do this, this, that, or the other that your sister's doing? You know, you have this voice, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that because that's never been my goal. I that's that's not my goal. I I don't seek, and not that she's a limelight seeker. She's a, an amazing artist, an amazing artist, and I cannot wait for the world to realize that and see how talented she is. Because when I listen to some of the things that's out here right now, I'm like, oh, y'all are missing out. But I don't want to get too far off track. But I'm saying that because just because I can sing does not mean that was something that was a calling on my life. It doesn't mean it was something that I felt like I needed to do. And on top of that, you know, remembering that a calling on your life actually may not fit in line with what you're comfortable with. It actually might not. Um, in preparing for this, this episode, I started to do a little bit of research on, you know, what other people interpret as a calling on your life. And what I came across is that there were some signs that could tell you, you know, that you found your calling. And one of the things that it said was that your actions match your plans. And when I first read that, my thought was, that's not necessarily true. But then I had to let it marinate a little bit. And when I let it marinate, I discovered that even when you are not walking in your calling, it is in your life. It is in your life. Even when I was not doing parental coaching with PC with LG, I was always sitting down, having these super in-depth conversations with parents. I was always heavily involved in trying to help nurture kids. Parents, friends of mine, church members were seeking me out and asking me if I could talk with their, their child about whatever. Teenagers, younger kids, it didn't matter. Parents were seeking me out, asking me advice on specific things long before I became an official parental coach. So your actions will match what your calling is, even when you're not submitting to your calling. So another thing it said that you, um, you can't be deterred. And I'm going to say that you can't be deterred once you have submitted to it. That's what I'm going to say. If this is a if something is a calling on your life, once you have submitted to it and said, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. You cannot be deterred from it. If business is good, if business is bad, if you are gaining notoriety, if you're if barely anybody knows that you do it. You can't be deterred when you have submitted to that calling. Um, for me personally, I'm going to say when something is your calling, oh, you can talk about it forever. You can, you, you get excited about it. Your face lights up about it. You're passionate about it in the moment when you, this is once you have submitted to your calling. You are passionate about it and it's something that 
if you had unlimited wealth, you would still do it for free when you submit it to a calling. And that's, that's my personal experience. And so, um, you know, when we talk about a calling being on your life, I am founded and rooted by my faith. So I'm going to bring God into this. If that is not your situation, so be it. But I feel like when God has placed a calling in our lives, it is something that is automatically going to be blessed. Automatically. It may not be this thing that just takes off the second you put your toe in it, but it's going to be something that is automatically blessed. It's going to be purposeful. And that is undeniably my truth for this. So I feel like when you are, when you're called to something from God, it's a, it's a gift. It's a spiritual gift that you've been blessed with. And you, when you give into that, it reminds you of no matter what your current view of the world is, that it can be better. It's something that brings hope to you. It's something that brings hope to your vision of what this world is. For me, when I think about my calling and you can have multiple ones because I, I didn't know that in the beginning, but you can have multiple ones and a lot of times they're interlinked. But when I think about the calling placed on my life, it allows me to see a future for families that they are not dealing with as much of the turmoil that can come with if I'm being real, that can come with my experience as a child. It allows me to see children being able to just be children, be loved, be nurtured, be encouraged. Parents being able to not just parent their child, because remember, parents is an action word. Parenting is an action word, but it allows you not just to be a parent, not just to see your children as responsibilities, but also to enjoy them and enjoy being their parent. I feel like my calling is something to hopefully help lessen what can be trauma in childhood, what can be turmoil in families. My calling, I feel like, is something that I am uniquely qualified for because of what I've gone through. And I say this often, I, I can't even recall if I've said this on the podcast before, but I say it often. My passion, my purpose came out of my pain. No shade to my parents. I love them both very much. And that's not just because they've passed on. I love them both very much. 
while they were here with me. But my passion came out of my pain. I could not even a tenth of what I currently do. I could not do the way I do it had I not gone through what I've gone through. And listen, (laughs) pain, trauma is not a badge of honor. It's not. It's not. Would I have wanted a different childhood upbringing? Yes. Yes. But I would not be the person that I am today. And I would not have the unique the unique qualities, the unique experiences to do what I do, how I do it without that. And for me, it's utilizing every part of you. If you own all of who you are and all of what you've been through and all of what you've done and all of what's been done to you, if you own it, it cannot be used against you. You can use it to grow and learn and help others and invest in this world from those experiences. But if you are trying to hide parts of yourself, then you're not embracing the whole picture you of you. And if you got to hide parts of you from you, then you can never fully invest yourself into anyone else, whether it's a calling on your life or a relationship or whatever. You have to own everything that you are, everything that you've been through, everything that's been done to you, that you've done to others. Own it. Be real with yourself. I'm not saying you got to sit out here and broadcast it and jump online and tell your whole life story to perfect strangers because that's not their business. If it's not, that's, that's not their business. But you got to own it. So you can embrace it, so you can utilize it, so you can pull from those tools, from those lessons, so you can grow from that and help others in the process if you can. And I think that there are like, to me, what I've found is there's there's three different type of callings, I think. So a calling in the moment, is something that's for the right now. A calling in the moment, you might be sitting somewhere and you might have this nagging feeling that you should do this, that, or the other. I've had those experiences. I'm not trying to boast in limelight myself, but I've had those experiences where I was somewhere doing something, saw someone, and had a calling on my life to assist or help that person in some particular way. And a lot of times, it's not even people that I knew. It's not people that I knew. It was just something that I felt was pulling at me like, hey, go do this. And a lot of times it did not make sense to me. So I know it didn't make sense to other people. But sometimes you have a calling in the moment and you're like, this is just something that I have to do right now. And then there's a calling for the season in your life. I think at this point, if you grown, if you, if you grown, you, you pretty much know that there are seasons of life. 
And you might be in a season that has a calling on you that might not translate into the next season that you're in. So a calling in the season is something that's meant for a specific period of time, not for a lifetime, for a specific period of time. It might be something that has to do with a job or a relationship or whatever, but a calling for a specific season. I have relationships in my life now that I understand now in in hindsight, you know, hindsight is 2020. I understand now in hindsight that relationship, that friendship, that you know, romantic relationship, whatever it was, was meant for a season. The fact that it didn't make it for a lifetime doesn't make it a bad experience. It just means that that was not meant to go with me long term. Oh, perfect example. I used to attend this church um, and it's like an hour away from me, but I used to attend this church called New Life Fellowship in Cleveland, Ohio. And, um, this was such a unique, magical, almost experience. I have never grown so much in my journey with God and in, and learning to really fellowship. And what that really means, I had never experienced that. It was a very unique experience. And anyone who went there, who were members there, I'm not going to say anyone, but I'm going to say most of the people that went there tend to have the same feeling that I had about New Life Fellowship Church. It was special. It was special. But there came a time when economically we could not sustain the church. We could not sustain, you know, the building and the church had to close. And it was heart wrenching. It was heart wrenching. And I'm saying this, I want to say at this point, New Life Fellowship has probably been closed. Good God. Um, probably about a good I'm going to say at least at least like 10, 12, 15 years. It's been closed for a long time now, but I'm still not over it. I'm still not over it. And then when the church closed, it was years of me visiting other churches, trying to find what, what we had there. And I had to learn and accept that that experience was for a season. It was there to plant a seed and allow it to flourish and grow and mature enough to be transplanted somewhere else. But wherever else it was going to be, it was not going to be New Life Fellowship. And shout out to my New Life Fellowship family. If you're listening, I still miss you. I see some of them, but I still miss them. But that was a, a calling that was a place to that I was meant to be for a season. I was extremely involved in the church. 
um, literally driving an hour each way about three to four days out of the week. Because, I mean, when I say we were involved, we were involved. We're, I'm talking about uh, Bible study on Wednesday, choir rehearsal on Saturdays, uh, a praise dance rehearsal on Saturdays, um, youth uh, praise dance, all that. Um, and then going up there on Sunday for worship, sometimes uh, I want to say like two Tuesdays out of the month for um, leadership meetings. So we were very heavily involved, my, myself and my daughters, we were very heavily involved in the church. And we literally probably spent more time in the at the church in the city we didn't live in than we did in the city we were in. Because in the city we were in, we were just working and going to school or they were, you know, I was working, they were going to school. So, but that was something that was a calling for a season. That could be an experience, that could be a relationship, that could be something that you are heavily, passionately involved in, but it might be just for a season. That might not be for your entire life. Now, a life calling, to me, a life calling is not something that you automatically have to get when you're five years old. It might be something that you don't get until you're 40, but it's something that... Once it's in your life, it's always going to be a part of your life. My calling for investing in families, investing in children, investing in parents and, and, and helping them to be the parents that they really want to be, that is a calling that I undoubtedly know is a life calling. Teach one, I don't know. <laughs> I love being able to communicate with people in this, this platform. I love being able to pour into people in this platform. But I don't know if this is a life calling. This might be a seasonal calling, but I, we shall see. We shall see what is in store. We shall see what, what you know the, the Lord has for me, what the universe have, has for me. We will see where this goes. But whether this is a seasonal calling or a life calling, I'm going to pour into this everything that I have. When a calling is on your life, you want to pour everything you've got into it. Tyler Perry um, is a person who clearly had a calling on his life. And whether you like what he does or whether you do not, this man had a calling on his life that was undeniable. And even when it didn't make sense to other people, even when it didn't seem like it was going to work out any type of way that he thought it would, he kept going. He kept going. He did not quit. Figure out some way how to keep going. I am a self-proclaimed workaholic, not a badge of honor. Again, I am a self-proclaimed workaholic. And one of the things that I'm constantly telling people when they're trying to encourage me to do new things or add things onto what I'm already doing is I don't have time. That is my go-to phrase because I don't have time. But 
when you submit to a calling on your life, even when you don't have time, even when you can't do it as much as you would really love to do, even when you can't give it every little ounce of what you have left, <laughs> you still find a way. You still find a way to make it happen. You still find a way to pour into that. That's a calling on your life. And even if you have not had a calling on your life yet, pay attention to what the universe is trying to encourage you to do to make this world just a little bit better. To enhance something that you've noticed is it needs to be enhanced. Gifts plus passion plus values. That's usually where your calling lies. When you when you can keep doing this so long and you you not get bored with it. When the incentives to do the job come from you and not from a paycheck. When we get up and we go to work, you, most people, when they get up and they go to work, your incentive is that paycheck. When something is a calling on your life, it's not about the paycheck. I mean, the paycheck helps. Hey, the paycheck helps. But it is not about the paycheck. I have many jobs and there are some days when I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of over this, <laughs> but my, the calling on my life won't let me let it go. It won't let me let it go. Even when it's frustrating, when it's stressful, when I'm tired, when I'm not feeling my best, the calling will not let me let it go because I am blessed enough that every single job that I have, I love it. It's not always easy. It's not always something that I'm just like overly eager to get up and do every day and work 60, 70 hours a week. That's, <laughs> I'm human. I'm a human being and I get tired and a lot of days I'd be like, you know what? I'm getting older. I'm not old. Keep it good. Look, keep it good. I'm not old, but I am getting older. I'm advancing in my age and my energy levels are not what they used to be. And there are some days when I'm like, yeah, whew, we're going to make it through this. But that calling on my life will not let me let that go. If you've got that in you, if you've got something that's on you that just won't let up, submit to it. Submit to that calling on your life. You are uniquely, uniquely qualified to fulfill that. No matter how many other people are doing it. It doesn't matter. And you do not have to conform to how they are doing it. You don't have to look 
a certain way. You don't have to be a certain way. You don't have to be of a certain race or ethnicity. You don't have to speak in a certain way. You don't have to have a particular certification, degree, whatever. When a calling is placed on your life, step into it and fulfill it. Fulfill it. And the reward to the world is you. You being authentically you. That is the gift, the blessing to the world. You are the gift. When you are walking in your calling, you are the gift. Look, I've never met Keith Lee, Tabitha Brown, Tyler Perry. Um, I've never met a lot of people in this world who I look at them and I am blessed by what they're doing and they're just being themselves. I'm blessed by it. Have you ever read a book and something about what the author was saying or how they were saying it touched you in such a way that you just immediately felt heard or seen or encouraged? That person doing what they were called to do blesses you. They become a gift to you, even if you never lay eyes on them in person. You are a gift waiting to be received. You are a gift waiting to be received. And as soon as you start to accept your calling, you are blessing others. And that's not in an arrogant tone that's not in an arrogant mindset like walking in the room like yeah I'm God's greatest gift no that's not what I'm saying I'm saying if you were if you were thirsty and plenty of opportunities for you to drink Soda and juice and coffee and tea and all these other things was out here. But somebody else was like, nah, I don't want to, you know, throw my hat into the mix because I'm just water. You know, I don't look like coffee. I don't have the fizz of soda. And I know this might seem funny to people, this analogy, but, you know, looking at it like, you know, I'm not, you know, champagne or, you know, I'm just water. But water is a unique thing that our bodies need more than it needs anything else, more than those other things. Water is something that hydrates us like none of those things can. None of them. That's what I'm saying. You to there's someone out there that what you the calling on your life is a unique thing that they need. And the longer you choose not to submit to that, the longer they just have to go without and maybe never get if you don't fulfill that. 
because it's not a situation of if I don't do it, somebody else will, because how you're doing it, how you're giving it is what is going to make it receptive to the person that needs it. There are hundreds of flavors of ice cream, but it doesn't mean all hundreds of flavors appeal to you the same way. There, I, I always say to people when I talk about their relationship with God, there is a reason why there are hundreds of churches, thousands of ministers, millions maybe even, because everything, just because it comes from the same spiritual realm does not make it receptive to you. There's a reason why you can be of a certain religion and go to one church and not really be feeling it and go to another church of the same religion and be feeling spiritually fed because everything is not going to be receptive to everyone. Some things are uniquely designed to be receptive on an individual basis. You are uniquely designed. And I hope that you take an opportunity to start to accept the calling on your life. If you have not felt that calling, start to pay attention and listen for it. And when it comes, and when it comes, because it will come, be open and willing to walk in it. I'm going to leave you right there. And as always, I know you can do this. See you next time on Teach One. Thank you for tuning in to Teach One today. I believe in you. I know that all you want for your family and for yourself, you can have. Don't ever stop working for it, working towards it, and be blessed and enjoy your life.